Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. This is episode 13, Everything Everywhere All at Once, part 2. Tune into the previous episode for part 1. At this point, we watch Everything Everywhere All at Once. Evelyn is a middle-aged Chinese woman whose laundromat business is being audited by the IRS. Her father, Gong Gong, is visiting from China, and her daughter, Joy, has come with her girlfriend to help translate for the upcoming audit. Evelyn lashes out at her jolly husband, Waymond, and introduces Joy's girlfriend, Becky, to her father as Joy's friend. On the way to meet the drab IRS agent, Deidre, Waymond is taken over by Alpha Waymond, a version of Waymond from a parallel universe. He warns Evelyn of an evil force, Jobu, and tells Evelyn she's the only one who can stop her. Parallel versions of the characters in Evelyn's world sent by Jobu start to attack Evelyn, and Alpha Wayman teaches her to connect parallel versions of herself to learn new skills, including one life where she is a famous kung fu star. Normal Wayman, clueless, returns and shows Evelyn divorce papers he wants to discuss. Not long after, Jobu finds Evelyn, who is actually a version of Joy who experiences every universe at once. Jobu shows Evelyn the everything bagel, a bagel she put everything in the universe onto, creating a black destructive hole. Evelyn's father turns into Alpha Gong Gong and saves Evelyn, but the Alpha universe turns on Evelyn and Joy after deeming them a liability. Alpha Waymond is killed by Jobu in the Alphaverse, and Evelyn's mind splinters. Evelyn starts experiencing every universe at once and re-encounters Jobu, who explains that she does not want to kill Evelyn but to join her and walk into the Everything Bagel together, now that Evelyn can see how meaningless life is when you experience every outcome regardless. Evelyn, swayed, starts acting callous in every universe and walks towards the bagel, but stops when Waymond, in every universe, treats her with compassion and preaches intentional optimism. Evelyn starts to fend off her attackers with love, using her powers of universe manipulation to give them things they've always wanted. She struggles to pull Joy back from the bagel, and together they visit several universes. In the tax universe, Evelyn finally stands up to her judgmental father and introduces Becky as Joy's girlfriend. She treats a distraught Joy, ready to leave forever, with respect and a promise of unconditional support, and Jobu finally lets Evelyn pull her back from the bagel. Life returns to the tax universe, where the family has a noticeably improved dynamic and reasonable progress on cleaning up their tax situation, though they still have work to do. And we're back. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Let's start with the beginning. What I really like about the beginning is that I think it does a really good job of introducing so much about the characters in a way that's really fast-paced and entertaining. And there's just a lot of expository, but it doesn't feel like expository. Yeah, I would agree. It almost feels like a play uh, in the sense that like this space that you're in is as you're moving through the space, you're getting invited into these characters' worlds this space in itself is a character which is cool because then you don't return to that space until like basically the end and so you get to kind of really look inward into all those characters before you come back to this like exterior exterior world they live inside of yeah and it also starts off with the big text everything mm-hmm. yeah i mean like uh like it really does feel like everything right because um basically they they live i think they live upstairs right that's mm-hmm. their home Oh, and yeah, then downstairs, the downstairs is their business, right? Um, but it kind of like intertwines uh, because there was like a scene where uh, I think like Jenny Slate was looking for, they were looking for Jenny Slate clothes. Uh, and it was actually like in their apartment up on a wall, right? So it's like really represent, representative of like small businesses, what you have to do to make things work, right? And especially when your apartment's upstairs. <laughs> I gotta say... Jenny Slate's appearance in this movie is so like the one detail where I'm kind of like, wait, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> 
she feels so big to me and like this man these everyone involved in this movie is like generally very big but like jenny slate at first for me was like the one name recognize name that i recognize um and then also like jamie lee for curtis permission to be uh ignorant who is jenny Slate? what sh- what has she been in um, the biggest thing is well she was on snl for the hottest of seconds but then she was in a, <laughs> um obvious child Obvious Child, Landline, Parks and Rec. And so she was just like a surprise cameo in this. You're like, wait, that's Jenny Slate. <laughs> I just like, yeah. I, I know her I as like a comedian. Surprised. Yeah, I was just yeah. kind of like, wait, what are you doing here, girl? <laughs> yeah, it almost felt like when I saw her, I knew that she was going to come back because she was in it so very quickly that I was like, she's got to have a bigger role than this. There's no way that she's just in this <laughs> tiny little cameo. Yeah, she was, I, I loved her role in it. I thought it was so fun. Hilarious. So a cool thing, Diana, you've already talked about how authentic this this felt. And so the writer and directors of this movie are Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner. They're called the Daniels. And Daniel Kwan in, in an interview said that his grandfather on his dad's side started a laundromat. And so his dad actually grew up in an apartment above the laundromat. So he was really like writing from a place of like probably these conversations, you know, like he's very close to that experience, which is really cool. Yeah, it's actually really interesting interesting um where i grew up like this kind of setup is it's not unusual and so when i went to texas uh actually when i went to college a lot of uh my my peers went to go visit like high density places like new york and they'll they'll come back and they'll be like look like you have to go see it it's unlike anything that you've ever imagined like the movies where like the business downstairs and like the apartments are up top it's for real and i'm just like oh okay and i'm like you know i was like you know it's 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 pretty real to me like texan and the sprawl they're not used to this and so i just thought it's pretty funny that, that is really funny <laughs> they're like girl i know <laughs> i know what that's like also interesting that this was written and directed by the same people that's i think it had to be <laughs> i don't think this could have been re- written and directed by anybody else but the people who did it <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine reading the script and being like, because <laughs> they originally wrote it for Jackie Chan. Really? And then they switched the role. Yeah. I didn't know that. It was originally written for him. He would have been Evelyn and then they switched it. And she was very, from what I read from the research I did, like she was like very excited after reading the script because she thought it was a chance to like show her abilities as an actress because she has to experience like, she gets to be several different people in one film and she gets to show her range in that way. So that was really exciting. Yeah, my mom, uh, my mom said she's like a big like Kung Fu star like mm-hmm. so she's like the actual i don't want to i don't think i want to dismiss her as like the female jackie chan but like that's how she, my mother knows her right and i think she was in remember a while back there was like this complete uh there was this movie called crouching tiger hidden dragon mm-hmm. she was in that one so like, it's like a perfect role for her and like you said colin like her her whole range because i think she was in crazy rich asians and then she was in shang chi and like putting it all i think this really put it all together was pretty awesome yeah and she originally like the character was named michelle which is her real name and i i don't know if it was her request or the writers eventually evolved it but they switched it to evelyn because she said that she wanted the character to have its own journey and she doesn't want to have any aspect of her in it and maybe that is her you know coming from a kung fu background and and being known from that um, and wanting to be you know seen in different lights that is really interesting it's also such a good female role and i think that's rare even today in mainstream media the one thing i i really like to see is dynamic characters like a dynamic protagonist where they have a flaw and throughout the course of the movie they 
they learn to, and they grow and change and they're better. And I think a lot of times when we have a female lead character, I think Disney princesses is a, are a really good example. Those characters aren't flawed. They aren't, they don't make mistakes and it's the characters around them that grow and change. And then the male protagonists always have these growth arcs. And I think there's sometimes like a hesitancy to give women flaws because that feels misogynistic in a way. Like it's like feels more empowering to show like, oh, this is a perfect woman. Everyone would want to be like her. But I think it's so important to show female characters that do grow and change because if you only show men changing, you're building this narrative that men can change and women have to be perfect at the start. And I think it creates this double standard. And this movie has a dynamic character with flying colors. Like she's that beginning, they set up all her, like you can see all the flaws. And then by the end, she's changed so much. And it's just a strong, really well-written female role who's like dealing with more than just, oh, I want to find a man one day, <laughs> which is fantastic. And, and not just like supporting a, a male character, right? It's like really her journey. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of, it's weird I mean, it's not weird to me because I'm I'm queer, but like growing up, all the my favorite comedians are are women. I think you know I just inherently gravitated towards women in comedy. To me, like Julia Louis Dreyfus is like the funniest person in the world to me, and like you know I just think it. I think there's a lot of sometimes male writers who struggle to write women in comedy because they are like, well, I just like don't know what her perspective is. But it's like you can still write comedy around. Like I think they like. <laughs> trap themselves in such a hole where it's like every you know i mean look at like jamie lee curtis in this film like she is like such a incredibly written side character she mm. is like a supporting role but is like so thoroughly well written and acted and yeah i just think i think that's a lazy excuse that, that the guys can't write women roles yeah and good on these men i feel like they do a good job i guess i should ask the one woman here <laughs> you, you feel like they did a good job <laughs> uh yeah i i'm trying i'm like trying to process what you're saying about like you know character development i don't really know she she kind of just kind of reminds me of my mom (laughs) so (laughs) i think like you know if the moral of the story is to kind of relax and smell the flowers around you right and like be with the people you know i think my mom still does that but you know she has two kids they they both graduated college and they're doing well and they have a house and she lives in one of them you know and she buys all the stuff from home goods uh, but she's still like she still wants to work right she still is like trying to be like you know when you come home i'm going to send you back with all this food because you look terrible <laughs> so uh, i think my mom is able to do both and i think the at the end of it all right the way they ended on the back at the tax office and they didn't say oh you're in the clear right there's like a kind of like a idea of like you know evelyn will manage and i think that manage is very it's very factual right like you know we found some peace with each other but we still got like the rest of the world to go uh and so i think you know i think there's like the growth is there's some and then there's just kind of like some sort of the reality is like you know if you find these precious moments they're still like tomorrow and i think that's that's good for me that's that's very nice for me (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this movie does really have like a heartwarming feel to it without feeling like it's sappy. Like there's a lot of 
realness to it. You brought up Deidre, you brought up Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh my God, phenomenal role. And just her as that monster is so funny too. With the fingers. Oh yeah, and then the we get to see her with hot dog fingers later too. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, and then they and then they evolve into like a relationship, her and Evelyn. Another queer relationship, which is cool. Yeah, which is very, very cool. Because I also liked how it showed like what at one point in Evelyn's, one of her lives in, in all of these worlds, she is queer. And I think it kind of gives insight that like, you know, if we, if we all live several different lives in this whatever experience we're living, like maybe we are several different people and maybe at points we're straight, maybe at points we're gay, maybe at points we're everything in this world. And so it's like those people who are those things right now, those people who are queer, who identify as whatever in this world, like you just have to listen to them because they're experiencing it now and they're trying to tell the stories for you to understand. And maybe in a different universe somewhere else, you are them, you know? Oh, that's deep. <laughs> that's deep. What a beautiful moment when they show her other lives and they show the steps that led to her. What, they, they show her father being like, hey, if you live with him, you're no daughter of mine. And she chooses to live with him anyway. And it's like such a, oh, it gives their relationship so much depth that she sac- she loved him so much. She sacrificed so much to be with him. And like, this is coming right after you've seen the divorce papers. So it's like, give it so much more stakes to know that their relationship at one point was that important to them. There's a point in it. Evelyn is talking about her relationship with her husband in relation to Joy's relationship to Becky and how like you like she I think they related that both Becky and the husband are like very reliable people to lean on. And in that moment I I just found it like very very sweet and I found it very like maybe because I was going through like stuff like that at the time but it, it was just like you know no matter what aspect of your life you're in generationally like everything happening you need other people in your life and like if that's like the person you love and that's the person who's doing it for you that's like how you can move forward and that was a very it was like her kind of like like reaching out to joy in that way and like kind of what um diana was saying like there may not be this massive understanding that evelyn has now it's not like she's all suddenly like a queer icon and knows everything about like queer identity but it's showing that she's like in some respect trying to to understand and listen and learn and i think that is at the end of the day all you can ask from people is to make an attempt yeah i'm gonna open up the floor right now what what would you say is like your favorite moment something that really stood out to you i'll start just by saying like one moment that really was like whoa was when Evelyn meets Jobu and Evelyn's like, oh, you're the one who's making my daughter. She likes girls. And Jobu goes, you're still concerned that I'm gay in this universe? And just like hearing the word gay in like a sincere way in such a major motion picture on the big screen and that just like topic talked about so transparently, like that really like affected me for some reason. Like I I felt like I hadn't really heard that in a while. Just like, because even when gay themes or queer themes are involved, I feel like we don't get to hear that word that often. And it almost feels like it has like a dirty connotation, like it's a bad word or a secret word. And it was so nice just like, like hear it said and talked about and also it's like wow we are here we are dealing with a gay theme in a huge movie that's like making all this money and like doing so well and that just felt like a very cultural moment to me yeah i i also like the i feel like the word like still it was very just as important in that line too because it was like almost referencing the movie itself like the the queer theme and like the gay theme is like 
a part of this film and that's like it's a part of it it is not like the part you know what i mean and so for then it to be like in a very theoretical sense like we're still having issues where movies are getting like banned in different countries like this wasn't shown in a lot of places because of the queer you know topics and same with like Lightyear, which is like coming out right now they're having issues like distributing films because internationally because like different countries are still struggling in, in those arenas so it's i think it's also a commentary on like this is still a conversation that we're having to have that's insane we we feel like we come so far and so much and then we're like oh my god we look behind us and we're still where we are yeah that actually informs i think and i never really thought about this but informs so much of why there's probably so much resistance to actually making authentic queer media in hollywood is because you're not just trying to please an american audience like you want to have ideally an international appeal and if there's countries that straight up won't show your movie if you include that that is such a strong incentive to erase any queer identity from your film or make it subtext instead of text mm-hmm. which is tragic like because that's going yeah. to that's really going to cause like real pushback on that it happens a lot a lot of like stuff like that just gets pulled because they know it won't do well in international markets not even well it just won't be seen there was another movie that they completely erased it and i think it was actually a marvel film marvel knows they have this mass appeal right and so they know that they can reach like anybody that they want but they know that like they're putting such budgets behind those films and if they do include any kind of even like hint at anything being gay those markets will will close out their films and then that's a lot of money and those guys at the top aren't like fighting for queer rights <laughs> they're they're they, they're rich and they want more money that pisses me off so much <laughs> i i i feel so angry right now at the idea that like these other countries have such a stronghold on that and it's like i you so feel so bad for the queer children in those countries who just will never get that representation mm. oh my god yeah. the injustice in the world is just like and obviously there's so many big horrible things happening in the world all around everywhere all at once <laughs> no no pun intended but gosh that just <sighs> screw that <laughs> I really love but. to bring podcasts down. <laughs> no, no, no. That's like part of it, though. Is it? And it's such an important <laughs> moment of this conversation. You're not bringing it down. You're firing me up. <laughs> we had to ask. We call. We call, and we're asking you to leave. <laughs> yes. Step out of the Zoom room. <laughs> I'm not sad. I'm pissed. I'm gonna start a war. <laughs> We've got enough of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I was, so I was asking y'all, like, any moments that, like, oh, this was the, this was the moment for me. I mean, the rocks. Come on, y'all. Let's talk about the rocks, because when we the got rocks. to that, <laughs> we got to that part, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, I cried." Basically, this is near the end of the movie. Jobu is trying to walk into the bagel, everything bagel. She sh- brings transports Evelyn with her to all these different universes, and then at one point, they're transported to two rocks in a wasteland and it's just a moment and they don't speak all the dialogue happens through text that appears above the rocks it was such an expert film device i think because we talk about how fast paced this movie is and so the movie's just like going 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 and then you reach a moment where it's like breathe you're not gonna hear anyone speak you're just gonna read some text and it's gonna be like in a very emotional conversation and the part that really got me during the rock scene was like evelyn shows up and her daughter has this line where she's like oh thank god you're here i've been alone for so long and that like hit so hard and just that whole scene was such a 
slowed slowed down the pace of the movie to like the perfect degree and like really was like at least to me that this scene was one of the main tearjerker scenes as well as we'll get to we'll talk about this later but when evelyn sort of lets her daughter go that's like those are the two like main tearjerker scenes to me yeah i agree i think it's like on the note of the pace the pace was perfect it was like the perfect moment for it to stop and like in the same use of like pace as a device i think like sound wise i loved like you said that they used just text because if you were in a theater like you could hear people you could hear other people starting to get emotional and that i think like also made me more emotional because it was like we're all experiencing this together and like watching this moment where she's not alone like i guess we're not alone either we're all in this theater experiencing this as a group yeah it was very it was a very out of body experience yeah yeah like not only like not only are like we slowing down the pace of the movie to like caught like just like make this scene like much more digestible but it's also like i feel like in that moment too they're like slowing down the pace of everyone observing the movie and being like okay you were slow down your pace think about your life as a rock now and like mm-hmm. everyone i think that's just where like it really shines through and it like is such an amazing device that they use that I had personally never seen in a movie before. And I'm a film major. Crazy. <laughs> That's a, well those guys, their their background is like in music videos. Yeah, they made the turn down for what music video? The <laughs> that was like their major credit before this, which is hilarious. Yeah. Their their filmmaking style, I think it comes from you can kind of almost feel, it feels like it doesn't feel like a film the whole time. It feels like something else entirely. Daniel K is actually in Turn Down for What music video. Oh, really? Yeah. Incredible. Colin or Diana, give me like a moment that really shone out to you. Um, I think it was probably when Evelyn was talking with Joy outside of her car. Evelyn had said, basically, like, no matter what happens, I just want to end up here with you and stuff like that. I thought it was uh, really touching. And yeah, I mean, that was a very emotional point. And yeah, and then it panned over to The Rock, where like, even in this still world, right, like, the, the rocks were supposed to represent like nothingness, right? But then there was an emotion where Joy Rock was lonely. It was like, how can a rock be lonely, right? And so like, you know, even when it pans over to the rocks chasing each other, right, like <laughs> even in rock verse, right, like they still gravitate towards each other. And like, you know, I'm a sucker for that uh, mom and daughter bond stuff. So it was real nice. Yeah, they do a really cool in that moment and and kind of in parts throughout the movie there's a lot of cutting back to what is going on with Evelyn in the original universe because it is happening all simultaneously and it really gives this element of like is this all a metaphor and a dream and Evelyn's just living life and this is what's like all you know because it works so seamlessly this like what's happening in the real quote unquote real or original universe and what's happening with all this madness and it just connects so well right like in this mad world she's trying to do this ridiculous thing of get herself sucked into an everything bagel that'll kill her but in the original universe it's like she's just checking out about to leave and not come back and ah that moment and it's like also kind of at the pinnacle of Evelyn has gone through so much growth and now we see that she's demonstrating that by finally truly accepting joy and actually being there for her in a way that she wasn't when the movie started Uh, I and I kind of want to connect 
connect that to like a bigger theme that I really liked about this movie. And that is that the way that this movie works is that like Alpha Waymond will come in, right? It's like her husband suddenly turns into Alpha Waymond and then all this action happens and then turns back into her husband. And there's a lot of this like cutting back and forth. And it's such a, I feel like a real, any really good movie should have lots of like action and events happening, but mixed in with the emotional beats and the relationship beats of like what's going on between the characters, right? They're fighting all these bad guys, but why do we care? And like having that like... jagged back and forth that fits in with the like sci-fi narrative just helps them do that so seamlessly you go through crazy action scenes and then you're like boom we're talking about the relationship again and it's ah such a good plot device and it's like very similar to what's happening at the end of the movie of like cutting back and forth yeah i heard an interview with one of the the daniels but they said that they didn't want the end to be a a huge battle because they didn't want the message to be that like the only way to find happiness would be through like war or for like someone to lose um which i thought was like really cool uh uh, like a a way to go about that and choosing not to have this like big battle which i don't even think you needed because like you know like we talked about like the whole time you're in the film it's at like a 10 so i don't think like we needed any more than we were given in that regard yeah it was still a climax just an emotional climax instead of like right. a, a violent physical one yeah uh, colin what's a moment you want to highlight um i the, a little bit of a more comedic route i absolutely loved when jenny slate flinged the dog i <laughs> thought that was incredible um <laughs> I just, it was like so, it was so funny to me because it's like, that'll never happen again. Because it's like, or people will be like, you're replicating this movie. Um, and it's just, <laughs> I think, does it get caught in the fridge door? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it goes inside the fridge. Yeah, like the choreography of that must have been like pretty technical, but I think that's just like, it was such a fun payoff. Um, and I think that's also, I think they, a lot of what they said is like the, the Daniels like loved like Kung Fu movies, like growing up. And so they really wanted to like infuse like, uh, some of that into this film. Um, and, and that scene was just like, it was a great fusion of both comedy and, and that genre. And like they said, like all the reviews of this film are like, it's like pretty genre defined. Like if you had to like say what this movie is, I'm like, I don't, I guess it made its own genre. I don't really know. Yeah. And you're right. Cause it really combines a lot. Like We've been talking like, oh yeah, there's all this action and there's all this emotion uh, and like all this sci-fi, but also the fight choreography is good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it didn't even, we would have loved this movie if it was bad, I feel like, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very good. My favorite part fight wise was the sign twirling. Like, oh, she was a sign twirler and now she's like using this riot shield in all these cool ways because she can do that because she was a sign twirler. How cool. Yeah. Is very cool. I think it's a for anyone that hasn't seen the film, it's like it's a it's very impressive what they were able to do. Girl, if they haven't seen the film by now, yeah, <laughs> stop this podcast. Don't probably- watch it. I know. We basically have talked. Talk, if you if you haven't seen it and you listen to this whole podcast, something is wrong with you. Oh my god! You- no, wait, no, don't say that. You're obsessed with us. That's You're what obsessed it is. with us. That's what's going on. You You're lunatic. <laughs> they might be here for you, Colin. You know we're gonna have listeners who are like, oh my god. I think a beautiful moment that we haven't talked about it was this is my mom's favorite line of the movie and it's such a touching moment where she is this famous kung fu star and Waymond at this point is also like this famous person in there she's like you know if we had gotten married earlier it would have just been us doing laundry and taxes and oh, I'm getting emotional saying this 
Um, Wayman says this really nice thing because he clearly loves her so much. And he's like, I, I think in any other universe doing laundry and taxes with you would have been nice. Mm. And I'm probably saying the line wrong, but it's, it's so well said. And it just, uh, yeah, I loved his role in the film was like very, I just found like so much comfort in that. I thought it was like very, very sweet. Um, Yeah. He really plays the role that in other movies, when it's reversed, that the woman plays, right? It's like the woman's perfect and the man has to learn from her and like learn her lessons. And that's kind of what's happening in reverse here where Waymond is this really optimistic personality and he has this beautiful speech where he's like, people think I'm happy and optimistic because I'm naive, but I'm not. This is a intentional decision that I'm making and it's my way of fighting. And you see how he's like led with such positivity in his life. And that is what finally convinces Evelyn to have a change in mindset. And she starts fighting by just giving everything all the things I've ever wanted, which is also a really funny and really sweet moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the film is definitely for anyone who's ever gone through anything. If, if somebody has lived their whole life so happy, they're not going to understand a thing about this film. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I really like about this is I remember at one point thinking like, wow, this relationship is so much about the mom and her daughter, right? It's about Evelyn and Joy. And, but the beginning of the movie seemed to indicate that there was tensions with all the family members. And so they're concentrating so much on this one relationship. And then I think what you see at the end is that you really can't separate them there. It's all connected because there's such a shift. The moment she's finally able to really start accepting and loving Joy for herself is when she finally sticks up to her father. And she's like, hey, I'm not going to treat my daughter the way you treated me. Why did you treat me that way? And in finally sticking up to her father is able to reconcile that relationship with her father. And like, you can see it's like such a huge shift for her because now she's not living under her father's shoulder. Like it's kind of like every, all the way she was mistreating joy or not understanding her was somehow related to this broken relationship with her dad. And once she was able to fix that, the relationship just followed and she was able to do all that because of the influence of her husband. So really every character in that family played such a pivotal role in this, in this shift that you saw. And so like, even though we focus so much on that relationship, it was, it was so interconnected to everything. Like, Oh, it's mm, beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. They do a good job with like, uh, like generational complexity and like, um, especially with like queer identity and how like, I mean, I don't know how any of you guys have experienced it, but like parents explain it to their parents, you know, and, and in that way. And I think it was handled with a sense of realism. One of the greatest gifts my grandmother Beetle ever gave me, she passed away recently. Um, but when I came out of the closet, my mom had asked my permission to be the one to tell her side of the family. And I think my mom was really worried about her, how her mom was going to react. You know, my, my grandmother is very Catholic And so I think it's kind of that same thing, like the way you treat your child is somehow kind of a reflection of like what you think your parent would want. And, and so um, my grandma basically told my mom, and she's like, well, I think, you know, gay men should be able to uh, love who they love and marry who they like in the same way that straight people are. And, you know, that basically kind of like love is such an important thing. And I think they should be able to experience it too. And I think she even related it to Catholicism saying like, you know, we're taught that like to love another person is to see the face of God, right? That's such an important thing in our religion. And so gay people should have the chance to do that too. And I think that gave my mom so much comfort and in turn made it so much easier for me and her to like work through that. Cause it, it was hard for all of us, you know, like going through that and yeah, it meant a lot to me. And so that's probably yeah. one of the reasons I was having these waterworks too during that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such a, 
I feel like, you know, like some of the only reasons we're on this earth, if we don't understand it, is like to love and, mm-hmm. and being queer, you know, that was the one thing that kind of was like, at least, you know, all of us are a similar age. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't have any younger siblings or people who are younger right now in my life, but like, I assume it's changed a bit. I'm sure it hasn't come full circle, but like when, when we were growing up, it still was not shown. There was still a society telling us you know no and so for that like one thing of like everybody wanting love it did it didn't seem realistic to me for a long time so it was cool to see it in this way of like joy trying to convey that to her mom diana if this is pretty personal but i'd really love to pick your brain because it is about generational but it's also very much about specifically chinese generational facets yeah i think it's uh, i think it matches up pretty good so like basically i think like in buddhism there's like a a theme of life is full of pain and suffering (laughs) so that's the approach And I think, you know, for my mom, and she's still a little bit, a little bit like that sometimes, but like there was being religious and conservative or like being upset at your child for this one part of their identity. And I think it just already so atypical and frenzied, right? That like, I just feel like my mom just didn't have, doesn't have time to be mad at it, right? Like, it's just like, (laughs) um, we go visit her and she could be mad that I'm queer or she can like make me and my fiance drive her to home goods, right? And go through every aisle, right? I like that. At the end of the day, I know my mom's like, you know, whatever I think or whatever I've been taught results in this conclusion of being me being upset, but I just want to go to home goods with my daughter and her fiance you know i just really like the balance of the movie right like like i mentioned earlier it's not like the end like their laundromat was widely successful it's just like they made it through (laughs) they made it through the receipts added up right and like well (laughs) we'll see you next year uh so i think it's it's a very uh accurate (laughs) portrayal of it all yeah Uh, does does your mom uh, show affection by saying mean things like the mom in this movie does? Oh yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> but the 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 dry humor is like the Chinglish. There was some dry humor bits in there that I laughed, and nobody else in the movie theater laughed. Right, like the translation wasn't very direct, and I don't even I don't even remember. But like in the beginning when they were quipping at each other, I was I was I was like n- laughing, and nobody else was laughing. I felt awkward. They're <laughs> like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. Yeah, so no, that's fun. hilarious. That's <laughs> awesome. That joke was written for people like you, and it's like. Yeah, the other people don't have to get it. It wasn't for them. <laughs> yeah, and so it was It was really, it was good. Diana, you mentioned that point of like, um, kind of her like looking at the receipts at the end and being like, okay, yeah, we made it. You know, we'll move on to the next year. We'll, we'll just, we'll take it as it comes. I think you're like so spot on is how she's also dealing with like the queer identity a bit. And I think that is like, yeah, I I hadn't picked up on that after watching the film the first time, but I think that's exactly what's going on there. Yeah. It's very, very manageable life, right? Like manage this, manage identities, going to go back, you know, do Jenny Slate's laundry. (laughs) All good. Is how how does she feel about the wedding? Is she excited for that? What do y'all have planned for that? We're still drawing the mind map because it's gotten like, let's go on Wednesday to the courthouse to like, what about Bali? And so we're just going to let it like, you know, it could be, it could be, it could be anything. Uh, (laughs) We're just going to let it marinate for some time before we kind of like, okay, what is our reality wedding? Uh, You know, when did you guys get engaged? Oh gosh. I think like May of two years ago. This pandemic really slowed everything down. 
Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, it was nighttime. I woke up from like a you know one of those violent naps. I just made some mm. pancakes, so I was like, "This is great. Let's do it." Oh, I just got chills. <laughs> that rocks. You say you proposed? Pride, pride. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Let's do it," and I haven't even fully had gotten out of bed yet. I like, I like the, the pancakes were in one of those, you know, those meal prep containers. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it meant that she would allow me to eat it in the bed, right? If it was a plate, it's like you know, okay, you gotta come out, but like it was ready for me to just like eat in the bed, and so. That was a straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, and I was like, dang, like, that's amazing, right? Like, because she hates it when people eat on the bed. I've grown to not like it anymore either, right? But then I was like, dang, like, maybe pancakes at nighttime. You're letting me eat on the bed. You bought a fork, right? Like, you've separated the syrup so I can opt in, right? (laughs) Like, we're good. This is it. (laughs) You should be a writer. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) All these specifics are... (laughs) I can't write this <laughs> shit. I sit here all night trying to write stuff like that, and I can't do it. Shut up, girl. Shut up. You literally write viral sketches. Well, I guess you improvise them, but still, like you, you are a good. You're an amazing writer. Oh, that was so so sweet. Uh, well, congrats. I'm very happy and excited for you guys. Congrats. Thank you. I think you've already maybe covered this, but I remember Eric, you had said like earlier in the podcast, like, oh, we'll get to this later, but I really want to talk about Evelyn finally letting uh, Joy go. The actress playing Joy, her performance in that moment when Evelyn agrees, like you just see like Joy go through a whole moment right after Evelyn's like, okay. And Joy's like, God, I'm. it's like the most relatable thing where you're just like, I'm a terrible child. They love me so much. And it's like, such that like complicated love you have for a family member where it's just like you've traumatized me my whole life but you have given me everything and it's like it's you know it's just like there's so much complication in this movie and they sum it up so well and I've never seen it done like that like I've never felt represented in that way before like I feel like like yes we I see movies with like very good familiar relationships but never does it touch on like the complications of loving a family member and I just think this movie is great for that sweet so let's just go into uh final thoughts about the movie uh Eric how about you go first emotional tearjerker slay so good complicated familiar relationships fun for the whole family you don't have to do your review like that i just do that every time <laughs> <laughs> uh, the whole family i don't <laughs> There were some parts we could. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone will love it to some degree. (laughs) I'll go next. I think this movie is really fantastic. I think there's a reason that it has such a wide appeal. It's somehow manages to be so relatable on a human level. And I think it does such a great job of using these science fiction concepts as a tool to showcase what we really care about. And that's the relationships. That's the emotions. It's truly at its core, a movie about emotions, relationships, and growth. And everything else is just dressing and it is delicious dressing. The comedy hits, the action scenes hit, the plot hits, the sci-fi is really interesting. And even though it's like really complicated, it doesn't bog down the movie where you feel like you need a science degree to understand what's going on. And it's just a good, a romp and a good time. And I cried a ton and uh, slay with this gay representation. I can go. Um, I would say that um, I think it's an experience. The film is like an experience. 
And it's about how life, especially today in this world, is very overwhelming to be alive. <laughs> um, there's so much thrown at you all the time, constantly, and a lot of it's negative and it makes you feel, you know, like everything is kind of heading towards a wall and there's like just a black hole, kind of this like nothingness and everything means nothing. And this film kind of finds the beauty in um, everything having no meaning and really the only meaning is kind of like what you do with your time and the experiences and like the people you connect with and um yeah i thought it was it was it was a really cool way uh to look at just like relationships and how they mean more than anything in this world which i think is kind of like a nod to what we all experienced in the past two years everything was stripped away from us and the only thing we had was each other um and so i think it's a commentary on like humans themselves and how we can be both self-destructive but also we can be the ones to help each other get out of it you're gonna make me cry colin <laughs> oh that was beautifully said diana that's a tough act to follow <laughs> Yeah, especially when what I want to say is I'm still processing it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know what to take out of it yet. I enjoyed experiencing it. But a lot of parts of it was relatable, you know, but some of those things that happened, I cannot do again with my family. And so, you know, just I just was entertained, was very nostalgic. Right. And you really just watched it. I mean, that's what it felt like for me. Like I watched it and I experienced it. So a little less anticlimactic than human relationships. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's that's what it was for me. I That's how I liked it, you know. No, actually, I think it's it's a really good answer because it's really telling on like how impactful it was on you that you're like at a loss for words. It was really that much of I mean, the fact that you're still processing it like it's a movie. Like yeah. you see, you know, you see a movie and you're like, okay, cool. That was a movie. But you're like, you feel like you still have to process what you just went through. That's like, that's wild. Yeah. And I love what you just said about like, you know, like you, you can't go back and change how your, your process of it all was. I felt the same way watching it. I was like, well, I'm past her age. I can't do what, what is happening in this moment between this mom and this, this kid. But, you know, I think it's happening at every age and it's, it's, yeah, it's different each time, each level, but I had the same reaction. Well, thank you all so much. I mean, you really, both of our guests, y'all have really bared your souls to us in a lot of ways and, and let us have this really nice, intimate conversation with y'all. And it's also been fun to just experience again, kind of the joy and the emotions of this movie together and talk to other people who like it had a, a real and true impact on. This has been a ton of fun. Do y'all all have anything that you can promote for us anything that you want to advertise i think we've already done plenty for home goods paycheck <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can follow me on social platforms at ballin underscore rourke b-a-l-l-i-n underscore r-o-u-r-k-e um, and then the last thing i'm going to say it was just a thought that came up in my head as you were speaking diana was um i would be curious to watch this movie as a parent and see how it would be to view it from that perspective because i i was viewing it from a lot from even though it was about evelyn i was also viewing it from joy's perspective a lot of the time and mm -hmm. be curious to see how it was to watch as a parent yeah well thank you all so much for being on the show um do you guys have anything else you want to say before i sign off thank you yeah thank you this was so fun and it was so nice to meet you guys Yes, thank, thank you, you so much for, for being here. Pod, and thank you to our listeners for listening. We love you guys. Bye. 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 Go, go. <laughs> <laughs>